for a reading from the Gospel of Luke in the second chapter. Listen for what God is saying to us today. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. That's the picture, right up there. But the angel spoke to them and said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Does it feel kind of strange to anybody else to hear this passage from Luke outside of the Christmas season? Uh, We are in the heat of the summer, and we are used to hearing of the shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks, while we are wrapped in the warm glow of a Christmas Eve candlelight service, and while we sing joy to the world. So you are welcome for a little Christmas in July. The story of Jesus' birth is the story of the greatest joy coming into the world. This week, as a part of our summer sermon series on joy, we look at the incredible power of joy. If you missed last week's sermon, we talked about how joy, how true joy, is way more than an emotion of happiness. Joy is certainly part of of happiness, but Happiness comes and goes, as does pleasure, as does success. But joy is beyond all of those things, because joy is a gift from God. God never promises that being faithful to God will lead to happiness all of the time. 
But as we just heard Cindy read from the Apostle Paul, God's Holy Spirit does gift us with the fruit of the Spirit called joy. Joy along with love and grace, I think can be thought of kind of like a river whose source is God. The river of joy flowing from the heart of God is powerful because like a river, it sustains life. You can drink from a river, you can bathe in a river, you can draw food from the river. A river is used to, to nourish and water crops. Joy, like a river, can sustain life. There's a song that we sometimes sing with the kids. It says, I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river. I've got joy like a river in my soul. Joy is no simple feeling. Joy is a power that restores life. We know it's, it's hard to endure much of life without joy. We've also all heard stories of people who endure the greatest suffering and trauma that this world can offer and yet remain almost miraculously joyful. The poet Christian Wyman calls this the revolutionary force of joy. When joy's power is on display, it is a revolt against all of the darkness and the pain that can invade every aspect of life. Historically, the revolutionary force of pure joy at times has pushed hard against evil in the world. For instance, America's evil, original sin of slavery, that song, I've got joy like a river, African-American spiritual. Joy secreted away in the hearts and relationships. We've heard stories of how it raged against the near incomprehensible horrors of Nazi concentration camps. It is this current administration stated practice to use the fear of the cruelty of detention centers and family separation to dissuade illegal border crossing. While the various political factions debate what is or is not really humane at the border, what we do know is that children and adults are being detained for extended periods of time in overcrowded spaces sleeping on mats in the floor in large chain-link cells or cages, if you will, with only thin foil blankets. While sadly it will likely take more time and suffering before we ever really understand what is happening to those fleeing hardships at home only to find terror in the place that they come seeking safety, there will undoubtedly also be stories that emerge of unbelievable resilience amidst the suffering. There will be stories of compassion. There are children currently who are creating moments of joy for each other. Adults who are providing art and games, knowing the necessity of play to nurture the life-sustaining power of joy 
for frightened children. The power of joy motivates us to revolt against those individuals and systems and policies which seek to destroy life. The theologian Jürgen Moltmann says, we don't accuse God because there is suffering in the world. Rather, we protest in the name of God against suffering and those who cause it. My favorite Christmas song is O Holy Night. I have long loved the way that it forces us to sing of how Christmas is ultimately a revolt of joy against all forms of oppression. That because of that holy night of the first Christmas when every soul felt its worth, chains are required to be broken as those living in any form of slavery become our brothers and sisters. In his name, all oppression shall cease. And we sing sweet hymns of joy and in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us revolt for joy and praise his holy name. The story of God's entry into the world is the ultimate image of the power of joy. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The God who planted a garden, drawing from the soil every living thing, God who breathed God's vivifying breath into our being, bears witness to our violent and greedy ways, and God does not sit idly by. God enters into our world in this particular moment of time in the dark of the night, and heavens open, and shepherds are terrified. But the word from on high, bellowed by a choir of angels, pushing against the dark, speaking out over hopelessness and despair. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. Here is the power of joy made flesh and a Savior born to who? All people. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of God's message of hope to his own weary, joy-starved people. God spoke to them and said, The people who have survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. They sought for rest, and the Lord appeared to them from far away, saying, I have loved you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I will build you up again. You shall be built. In the midst of despair, wilderness, exhaustion, God comes, reminding us that God's love is an everlasting love, urging us to be built up in the Spirit again, encouraging us to dig down deep into that well of joy and find the strength to revolt with rejoicing. Take your tambourines and dance. 
God has the power to turn our mourning into joy. In May, our family visited Ellen's parents and siblings in Texas, and it so happened that that week uh, there was a lot of rain in Houston and uh, a little bit of flooding. And so that got the locals retelling stories of Hurricane Harvey of just a couple years back. You may remember how Harvey uh, came ashore and parked over Houston and then flooded the city. It's not unlike what some of you may remember Hurricane Agnes doing here. So many people in Houston lost their homes as the streets turned into actual rivers. But I noticed something really amazing uh, that happens when people in Texas talk about Hurricane Harvey. They always mention with this spark of, of uh, like pride and, and joy the way that the community rallied together. Neighbors uh, with boats became the rescuers of neighbors. People were, were crammed into these shelters, but folks describe how everyone pitched in to bring supplies. There were neighborhood meals and uh, blossoming of community in the wake of disaster. In time, the water subsided, and so did that experience of togetherness. People returned back to their lives and returned to normal, but with a a sense of of loss, not not so much the stuff that was claimed by the storm, a loss for that feeling of shared commitment to community that created for everybody this powerful joy. Joy's great power is to transform, to take the hard stuff of life and, and not to undo it, not to deny it, but to grant power to to overcome, to endure. Joy is resiliency. Wyman says that joy is the only inoculation against the despair to which any sane person is prone. Joy is, as Philo said last week, the supreme divine blessing. The world is at, at times stark. What made the angel's message to the shepherds and to all of us a message of great joy is that we are not left alone in this world. That God enters into the dark night. God enters into the flesh of the baby Jesus, and it is a moment of great joy. God is with us. Brene Brown is a research professor who studies courage and vulnerability. She wrote a brief manifesto that she says is on a wholehearted parenting. And what she says is very much what I think God demonstrates for us in the incarnation. She writes, above all else, she's writing to like a parent to a child, above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable. That is God's great desire too. So God came to be with us in Jesus Christ. She goes on to say what I think is God's wholehearted desire for us. She says, I want you to know joy. 
So together, we will practice gratitude. I, I want you to feel joy. So together, we're going to learn how to be vulnerable. Together, we will cry and face fear and grief. And I will want to take away your pain. But instead, I'll sit with you and teach you how to feel it. And that is what God does in Jesus Christ. God does not make us indestructible or impervious to pain, immune to all sickness. But God does certainly want to make all of this pain go away. Instead, God becomes like us to experience with us, to sit with us and teach us how to feel it how to heal from it, how to find joy in the midst of it, and ultimately overcome with a joy that will last forever. The great power of God's true joy is in its vulnerability. Joy does not hide from the world, rather it is painfully exposed, connecting to the suffering of others but not diminished. We should, I think, draw a little bit of a contrast between what brought a great joy in the wake of suffering after Hurricane Katrina, this community togetherness. We saw people like us suffering and and we rallied to be together. What keeps that from happening for the people who are poor among us? that feeling of togetherness. What's keeping our community from doing that for every person who comes seeking asylum in this nation, however they got here? How can we do it on the one hand here and know that great power of togetherness and be so removed from it on the other hand? What is that about? Joy does not require us that we close our eyes and just pretend that everything is sunshine and roses. Joy does not seek preservation of happiness and comfort, but joy comes from seeing truly and deeply each other and connecting and serving and loving, and then joy bursts forth. Joy's power comes from a commitment to being with each other, all people. Joy will be there when we need it. But my hope for us all is that no matter what we may be experiencing now as individuals, as a community, as a nation, as a world, that we can allow ourselves the power of this joy. That we can learn from those who have gone through the most shadowy valleys, endured the darkest parts of humanity and emerged rejoicing. That God's joy, the joy is a gift from God to us. That joy is a gift from God to us to carry us through. It is bread in the wilderness. It is sweet water from the rock. So go ahead and, and feast through the tears. 
drink deeply from God's river, and then rage against the cruelty of injustice with all of the power of God's revolutionary joy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.